Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair-Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back to today's live interview. I'm here with Jason Greystone, who's an entrepreneur, investor, speaker, and co-founder of Tier One Trading. Today, we're talking about income. We're going to be talking about how you can focus on income to generate it, scale it, and keep it. We're going to be going into Jason's system for developing um, his income over time and maintaining communities and using communities to to really develop online um, products and services. We're also going to go into detail about churn rates um, and how to keep members for longer. Jason, how are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks. It's been a long time since we've spoke. <laughs> for anyone, for anyone just joining in jason can't get enough of the show so he kept texting me asking me to come back on um, and I, I finally let him back on it's been about a week <laughs> no it's, it's a great show really really enjoy watching the other episodes as well really cool yeah, we've we've had some amazing some amazing um interviews actually um yeah know, de- definitely one of yours was was one of the most engaging um interviews we had a lot a lot of people asking questions and a lot of amazing insights and um, we covered oh, you don't have lot. to say that mate you don't have to say that i know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just being polite you know i've got to be polite i'm, I'm the host yeah. here jason so <laughs> no, great so, good uh, stuff <clears throat> today's today's all about income um and you know i wanted to dive straight into it so mm. jason um just for anyone who's who's not seen the previous um previous interview with you could you give us a bit of a background, just a kind of brief um, background or intro into who you are and what you do? Yeah, so essentially I was, uh, uh, I help people achieve financial freedom, but true financial freedom, uh, not kind of these one-sided little kind of strategies that you see everywhere. I, uh, I systematically put together a process from age 21 uh, to, to about 25. And then by 29, I'd, I'd achieve financial independence where my living costs were completely covered by um semi-passive leveraged income streams that allowed me to be a bit more nimble, a bit more flexible and, um, and, and not kind of tied to one geographical location. And essentially it was, uh, it was a place of, of liberation. In fact, it was, it was kind of the place that a lot of people were in now during lockdown, but permanently. So, and, and when I say that, I mean, people are now in lockdown and they get their, their animal brains okay because they're getting our form of income some of you know most people from the government or uh, furlough and although that income isn't their ideal income what they've got now is a space for creativity and they're thinking differently thinking much bigger picture of what they would they're doing all those things that they probably thought they should do all those years and uh, it's really giving them a different perspective and kind of where i got to was that place permanently which then inevitably allowed me to create a, uh, you know, more income streams. And that's the topic of this, uh, this subject, right? So since then, I've been teaching people how I did that from 22 to 29. I, I teach people how to invest, how to, uh, how to speculate, 
and um, how to build efficient uh, digital businesses. And one of the things you mentioned in the last interview was, you know, because we're going to be going into income a lot. So it's probably worth mentioning that you know, online digital businesses, that is what your main focus is. Absolutely. Yeah. So there comes a, there come a time where, you know, I had a very active income stream and uh, I was trying to reduce the immobility of that. So, uh, so yeah, I, can I wanted you, can to you become... talk a little bit about your, your previous business because you, you were running a pretty big business before you decided to get on this route, right? Yeah, I say big. It was like you know, three, three to four million pounds uh, in revenue. It's quite a large team. Where, I mean, it was contracting, so it was a lot of resource, a lot of output for what you got back, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. although it was a relatively uh, profitable business, you know, over thirty percent profit margins, um, which is decent for that type of service-based business, uh, it was a, it was a lot of output. A lot it was exhausting it was frustrating um and it just kind of it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable it got to a place where i just didn't uh, i really didn't enjoy it and uh for in the back of that i was also learning how to trade and all the rest of it so what i what i saw was the more income that i could develop without me having to give a lot of output um the more i felt free the more i felt kind of liberated and, and the more the more that crossover started to happen where I wasn't relying on active income and instead I was relying on uh, leveraged income, which didn't require a lot of my time or space. I became, you know, the feeling of freedom just became uh, permanent. Mm. Uh, and, and when I finally replaced my living costs with that income stream, I didn't no longer need the business. And then, you know, I was in a place of, of financial, financial freedom. And, the foot the the what i decided to do back then was to just look at those income streams that i was developing through the active business and try and make them as mobile as possible <clears throat> and then make them as uh, as passive as possible so i see a lot of people trying to say you know i want passive income and when i ask them what they mean they say i just want to i just want to be able to work from anywhere in the world and you have to understand that's not passive that's that's mobile right so you can be a mechanic and go and do that you can be a mobile mechanic and go and do that right now you can do a you know you can be a barber or a hairdresser or you can be a photographer and you can go and do that right that if you think that's passive income well you've achieved it because you can go anywhere in the world and do that that's not passive income passive is time and uh and and mobility is space so what people try and do is they try and get straight to the passive income without making it mobile first. And, and that is a recipe for disaster because if you don't make something mobile first, what you're essentially doing is you're trying to do something without it, without it taking up any space or time, which is pretty much impossible if you haven't at least got it spaceless first, if that makes sense. So yeah. for instance, just to give you a, just to give you a kind of example there, let's just say that you've got a, uh, a shop worker okay now the shop worker he'll be very active and immobile it'll be in the shop it has to be in the shop every day and then you might have the manager who manages a series of those shops let's just say a coffee shop chain or something and the manager can work you know he darts about from from office to office or from shop to shop just checking up on everyone he's a bit more mobile and then what that manager can do is then make that you know the person above him could just be 
the business the, the the owner of the whole thing and they don't have to be anywhere it's completely mobile they can just check in on the phone uh they don't have to go to a shop they don't have to sell coffee they don't have to you know be it they could do a zoom meeting or what have you and they're completely mobile but it, that's not passive because it still requires their time they still have to sit in on a call and sit in on a meeting and, and it still requires their time what people really want is the time bit now if you haven't made that passive and worked your way up to that uh sorry that mobile piece there's nothing to make passive so once you're there then you can start going well how can i then automate all this how can i automate as much of this as possible and reduce the time it takes me and my commitment to this actual role um to get passive and i kind of see everything that i do in business is, is like tetris where you've got this kind of uh, Tetris uh, box and that's my life and my time and then as the as the blocks come in and just kind of clunk anywhere it's my job to kind of effectively and efficiently push them to the corner so that they're taking up minimal time so I can drop in the next one and then I can kind of pack them in and pack them in and pack them in and if you can get all these systems working uh, without taking up too much of your time you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna live a very prosperous uh, life through, so, through developing so essentially, we're, we're, we're really talking about having multiple streams of income, right? Yeah, so absolutely. From your, from your perspective, why do you feel that's so important? Why do you feel it's so important not just to have one stream of income? Um, I mean, everyone can, uh, you know, everyone can see that now, right? And now yeah. we've just lost, <laughs> uh, you know, without, you know, without kind of coming across a bit kind of, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, upset anyone but everyone's seen how important it is to not rely on one income stream now right it's is you know there's no there's no beating around the bush uh the funny thing is when you talk to people they kind of talk about how they you know they're not into developing other incomes or they don't want to they don't want to have another income stream and, and you ask them about their expense stream and they've got like 20 expense streams <laughs> and, and you go, well, you're, you're raising your expense streams pretty well. You know, why don't you kind of counterbalance with another income stream? And, and the, again, it goes back to not seeing the, the big picture, you know, people get tied to one kind of, I've got to do this every day, this every day, and I've got to work harder at this and longer at this and get more and more money from this when that doesn't liberate you at all. It, it's mm. actually liberation comes from diversification of income, being able to just go, oh, well, if that if that drops a bad month, well, I've got something coming in from there. And if that drops, then I've got something coming in from there. And it's it's having a, a contingency plan for um, for your lifestyle expenses because that, yeah. that's, that's all it is. It's we only want cash to live <laughs> that's yeah. it we only want cash to pay for our life and, and i see it very much as a tool like that so where mm. can i get that tool from you know where can i get the best tools from um that are going to make sure that i can have the experiences that i want and, and ultimately when you've got these you know systems in place and you've got you've got multiple streams of income which cover your living expenses individually so you're, you're never reliant on just one or just two or even just three then, then I think it, it, it alleviates, there's, there's a lot of security there, which then alleviates your mind to, to, to feel more free, feel more relaxed and feel more creative. So you, so you can start coming up with more visionary inspired ideas, right? Yeah. And, and better ideas. Yeah. So, so sometimes it's just the case of, and we're going to talk about like churn and kind of, uh, you know, leaky buckets, if you like your expenses is in particular what I focus on. But if we just talk about controlling that first, you will be in a place where you're going, ah, oh, look, I don't need, I don't need as much this month. And what that does is it allows you, it triggers a, 
it, it triggers that creative brain to then start thinking about how you can develop more other income streams. You know, oh, I didn't see that opportunity before because I had my head, you know, in the in the muck of it. And now I can look up and see, oh, there's this opportunity there. I can go, oh, we can partner and we can do something together. Or, you know, if I promote your product and, you know, you, you make a sale, could I get an income from that? Or you know, partner to make your own product better and, and get an income system going from someone else's product. Digital assets, things that you can create because you've got the time to do so and put out there 24-7 that are going to bring you an income. Trading, investing, learning to invest. You, you won't be thinking about learning to invest when you're living day to day because you just, mm. you, know, you, you just, it's not on your mind. You can't, you can't fathom. People who see day to day can't even comprehend compound interest because it's such yeah. a, it's such an exponential calculation that you have to think about that it's like, oh, that's too far away, you know. So they don't have the patience to even, to even get there. So you have to get your mind in a place of long-term thinking mm. and and the beauty of doing that is actually the run becomes very quick that that's the thing you have to think long term to achieve things quickly yeah that's what i've found anyway yeah really 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 interesting um late, later on in this chat i'd like to dive into the power of communities but also the um also the power of subscription models um, and you know how to how to maintain a really a really powerful subscription model with amazing retention, and then what we, if we can go into some of the stats of, of churn rate and all that sort of stuff um, that you and I have spoken about yeah. briefly before. Um, I'd like to I'd like to talk about your system because I know you've got a very interesting system on on income. Could you guide us through that a bit? Yeah, sure. So the first thing I always think of when it comes to income is I want to have income. Right. Uh, and what I mean by that is I don't want to necessarily own something big and I don't necessarily want big chunks of income, although that might be nice. My primary focus is on small pieces of income that can then cover my lifestyle costs and building those income streams in a way that's very uh, long lasting, sustainable, um, not volatile, uh, sticky kind of almost like you could feed a family on the type of income, right? So you can kind of build a community on, on the type of income that you can develop. And that's really the primary focus because if you can get to a place like that where you can cover your operating costs in your business or your living costs from a subscription model, everything else then becomes cream on top. So every other product or big sale that you do, that just kind of goes as cream on top and then when you know how to invest that money you put it in and it accelerates your wealth you put it into your liquidity system and it will accelerate your wealth so the first the key is income first right because a lot of people think are chasing different ways to make income and when you go back to the basics you have to appreciate that we only get income from humans that that's it right so so and that i know that sounds obvious <laughs> but humans are the only people that the only creature that believe in money. So what, think about that. And the only way to get money is from another human. And there's two ways to get it, right? You get, you either get it from serving them or you get it from beating them at a skill, you know, like a, like a boxing or a football or poker or trading, right? Where you're, you've used the skill that you've developed to beat the market, beat the, beat the competitors. So when you realize that there's really only two ways to get money out of the game, you realize that actually there's enough, there's as much of it there as you, you're willing to take. 
So the key, the, the, the focus then comes on, well, how can I get as much of it as I want to take? And, and really it boils down to four things. So the four things that I focus on is first of all, value. So the difference that you can make to someone, okay? As, and this could be referenced, it, it could be measured by them. It could be measured, you know, by competition. It could be measured by their own perceptions. And if you've got a way of gauging that and you can say, look, if I was to do this for you, how much of a difference would it make to your life? Very simple question. And if, and, and if you said, oh, I'd make like a 1% difference to my life or a 2% difference to my life, great, right? You've got a, you've got a starting point a metric. I do everything in measurables, right? So I'm like, okay, we've got, tell me what it would be. 1%. Great. We've got a, we've got something to work on that we can potentially improve. If it's competition, well, well, they do this for me, or they do that for me, or they give me this or that, and I get this return or that return and, and so on. And you've got measurables there. They are there and they they might be hidden, but if you dig deep, you'll find them and you'll find a way to stamp how much value perceived value you're giving to someone. So the first focus is value. And I literally over deliver of all my value. Like all my content will just be, you know, literally teaching everyone everything I know <laughs> uh, for free. Okay. So the first thing goes into that, right? Just to jump in here, I've, 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 I've seen this kind of unfold. <laughs> if there's any Tears of Freedom uh, members watching this today, I think I think that's one of the typical comments that come up, right? Well, <laughs> this is, it's, it's, it's almost like he's given everything. And, yeah. and I know a lot of people are, are, are a bit, a bit um, conscious about how much they give. They, they want to kind of protect or keep a little bit, but it almost seems like that you give a lot more in that sense. And that's kind of your business model. What, yeah. what, what's the balance? How do you find the balance between over, over giving? Uh, so if you're, it depends where you are in the whole ecosystem of business. If you're just starting out, the best thing to do is to give the, the kind of, the why and you know the what but not the how so like you know this is why you need to do something this is what you need to do and give value in that way but don't give them the you know this is exactly how you do it but as right. i've gone up the kind of uh, as i've moved up in the scale of of i'm now in a place where i kind of create a business for an income stream but the first priority is just to give value and i know that if they get enough value they'll share the business so um, I go for lower cost and high volume um, by giving ultimate value. So where I'm at now is I will literally teach someone everything over broken down bits of media. So it's quite hard to piece together. Mm. And what I do now is I focus on literally giving, teaching people exactly how to do everything, yeah. right? But I have a done for you service as well. So, so now so I've got, I kind of moved up. Yeah. So, so, so for instance, I mean, I mean, your newsletter, you were, you were writing a newsletter, was it weekly or daily? I still do. Yeah. It's about four or 5,000 uh, words a week, Sunday. A week. And, yeah. and, but before you launched your, your online subscription model, you were, you were, um, you were doing, was it, it was, it was more frequently than a week, wasn't it? Or was it, was it still a week? No, so it's, it's always been a Sunday. Yeah. Always been a so, week. So you, so you, you, you kind of give, gave away a lot of your, a lot of your kind of IP and systems and knowledge and lessons, but it was in a, in a newsletter kind of format. If someone yeah. wanted to piece that together into a, into an online course, they probably could, but it would take them yeah. a long time. So what you're saying yeah. is, you know, yes, you gave everything away, but you, 
you when, when you packaged it into this kind of like beautiful online product, then it became really valuable because you were saving people a lot of time from going through all your stuff. Absolutely. And it's, and it's done, it's essentially done, almost done for you where, yeah. you know, we're at, we're literally going, you do this, you do that, yeah. you do that, you do that. And there's accountability and a, and a momentum it's all, it's all uh, in the hand through the process. right? Absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> So yeah, so that's that's where we're at. But in terms of value, right? So you give as much value as you possibly can. Try and outvalue anyone else that you know. Give more value than anyone else that you know. Literally flood people with value and make a difference to their life. The second thing is um, how many people you can reach. So that's when really I decided to start speaking and raising my profile online and, and building an audience because it, the more people you can reach, um, the more people you can provide value to. Okay. So it's as simple as that really. And doing that comes from voicing your opinions, voicing your insights, giving your knowledge, sharing your knowledge, not trying to please everyone, you know, just talking to the people that understand you and want the results that you've got. So you just said about the newsletter, right? <clears throat> you could piece together all the newsletters and it'd take you ages and ages and ages to do, but you could actually achieve it if you wanted to. And the, the, the beauty of it is, is the whole thing is promoting time and doing things you're inspired by. So mm. it's almost like, uh, well, I could do it, but everything I've read tells me I shouldn't be wasting time doing it. Right. So yeah. I, I naturally want to go towards having it done for me. So I want to reach as many people as I can. The next thing I consider is the, is the income brackets. So look, you can go and make a difference to a thousand people and you can make a 1% difference in their life and you've got a thousand people, but if they're all earning nothing, if they're all students, you're probably not going to earn any money. Right? So mm. I focus on higher income because those are what I've seen from my, from what I, from the people that I've been working with. In fact, I, a lot of the inspiration and development of the program came from insights of being surrounded by so many high earners. It was, you know, there's entrepreneurs in the program who are doing seven figures plus, and they want to know, they want to, they still want in because they want time freedom. So, mm. uh, so where I was going with that is the more you can, the more they earn, Okay, let's just say that they earn 500 grand a year. If you can char if you can make a 1% difference to their life, well then you can charge a 1% of their annual income. Okay? Theoretically. And mm -hmm. if someone's earning a million a year and you make a 1% difference to their life, you can relatively charge a 1% charge to their income. Okay? Because it's it's all relative. Lifestyle's relative to your income. And the way that they feel will be relative to their income and their lifestyle. So you, the, so by focusing on the value and the difference you can make to their life and then their income, you can raise the price. Okay. So you can then go out and make more money. And then finally is the, the, the frequency. So how frequently can you serve them? So that's when you think about other income streams. That's when you think about not locking your program down to this is the end. It's been nice knowing you. You have something else, a next step or a service that will support them. So again, this comes to uh, coming out of animal animal mind mode. But when people sell their product to someone, <clears throat> what they forget to do is think about what's going through their mind right at that point. 
So imagine you've just bought something and it's really offloaded a lot of problems off of your shoulders, right? You're going to have, you're going to be having as a client, you're going to be having different feelings at that point, aren't you? You're going to go, right, I've got rid of that. Now I've got the worry that it might not go how I want it and I've delegated it, but I'm not sure if it's going to be to my standards. Mm -hmm. And so attack them more with value go right okay what is that person thinking now what are their fears and pains and problems and how can i go i'm gonna i'm gonna create a, a backup for that i'm gonna give them yeah. a little service that will help them with that or, I mean, problems, don't, problems don't 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 um don't go away they just change right and so absolutely you, you they just change shape. you just they're just they're just evolving no and and even when you've sold them your product what do they need next what do they need when they get the result that your product's going to give them? Mm. Um, and, and, and thinking about that, or is there, a, is there a partnership that you can do that will supplement your product, that will give more value to them, change their lives even more, you can charge them more, and it's you know, non-competitive to your industry or product? So just to kind of summarize that, it's really the difference you can make in terms of value, the, uh, the, the reach you know, the amount of people that you can reach, the income that they earn, and the frequency that you can serve them. And, and if you multiply all those together, it's not a fixed science. But if you just work on those four things, reach times difference times income times frequency will, uh, you know, if you divide that by 1200, you'll get your monthly income. And, and it's as simple as that. Wow. I love that. That's so, <laughs> that's so it sounds so simple, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, br brilliant, brilliant insights onto that system. And, and it, and you know, it, it brings, it brings a bit of light onto, onto some of the sort of many questions a lot of people would have, you know, and what I really love about that is, is that, that kind of focus on over delivering value, but also researching, you know, researching your audience and knowing exactly who you want to serve and why you want to serve them. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's that's it. That's exactly it, man. And and if you just focus on those metrics, you can see it doesn't become as overwhelming because people in business that I see a lot uh, kind of, I don't know what to do next. Well, it's really those four things. You know, it's how value is going to be how much, you know, how much difference you're actually changing someone's life. How many followers, how many followers have you got? You know, how many followers have you got and how much value you're giving to those followers? Um, how much knowing your customer knowing your audience what's the demographic how old are they and what's their income bracket you know do yeah. i want to focus on higher income earners do i want to start tailoring my message to higher income earners and just change that bit of it or frequency so like how many products have you got how how frequently can you serve them can you develop a monthly subscription model as well as a as a program can you you know, can you package something together and stack up some value in another supplementary service that you can give them? Uh, what are the next steps? So it's really those four things. And if you if you just work on those four things, your income will increase. It can't not. It's impossible. Yeah, definitely. Really, really, really interesting. Um, a, lo a lot of our followers here um, listening in today will be looking to to pivot online. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of our members are actually um, signing up with us at FTNX Academy. Um, where we're actually building online courses for them to help them pivot rapidly online to get from a physical business to an online business. Um, we've got some really exciting small businesses that we're helping at the moment. Um, and I'm really excited to see these guys launch their, their new online businesses and evolve. And um, one of the things I keep talking about is, 
the power of community. And I keep, yeah. I try and bring this up every live if I can, because it's just so important. Um, I really feel like we're stepping into this kind of new world of connecting with people and connecting with our customers and members. And people want transparency. People want authenticity. People don't want to, you know, do business with someone and, and not know, you know, who the owner is. And they, they, they kind of want to see who the owner is. You know, are they living a, yeah. a life with congruency? And, you know, are they showing up? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think there's a lot of power in being that that leader of a business for your community. And yeah. um, Tell, tell us a bit about community and, and why I know you're so fascinated about it as well. Yeah. So the three, like the, the three biggest values in my company are uh, transparency, contribution and growth. And they all, they're all based around the building a community. So uh, as you know, like in my Tears of Freedom Facebook group, the, the people that get the most out of it are the ones that lay their cards on the table from the outset. They, they, there's a level of vulnerability where they come in and they realize that actually I'm on a level playing field here. Everyone's here for the same reason. It really kind of grounds the whole community at one level. And the ones that do that are the ones that almost become a, a, a story that people want to follow. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, I want to follow that guy's journey, you know, because I remember him laying on the cards on the table or she laid her cards on the table and she was in this position. I want to follow that person. They almost become like a character in a, in a not soap opera or a, or a film. And it's yeah. like that, right? So, so then the contribution aspect is encouraging people to share, encouraging people to engage, provide high value replies to comments, share insights, give everything you know, provide more value than anyone you know. And then finally, it's growth. And, and growth, like I see that becoming inevitable if you just do those first two things. And the way that I develop online communities is by having growth as the goal, but not just from the client point of view, but from the business point of view. So I want the, the community to become part of the business as little brands in themselves, right? So I, I want the, the, the stars of the show to be, the, to be brands within the, the business. Mm. And everyone grows because when your business is made up of Johnny Ives, right? And, and the, 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 the kind of the people that are brands in corporations, when your company becomes that, you know, you're in a phenomenal place and you've essentially got there for free because yeah. you're not paying 300, 500 grand for an employee to, to come on board as the best designer in the world. You've just got this amazing community that all want to be part of it. And, uh, yeah. and that works very, very well. So my focus is on building a very, very sticky community, a very loyal community. And I do that by essentially trying to make the, the stars of the show celebrities. I try, I try mm. and really, um, you know, celebrate and champion the, the members of the community. And obviously an obsession with them getting results ensures that they build momentum, they get results, and they want to tell everyone about those results. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of the, the, the primary focus, and that's, that's key to building a strong community. The, the, and then from a business standpoint is this is where we want to get that community and develop that consistent income that we're talking about. Not the program, you know, not the one-off, not the the course or the or the what have you, but have a have a have a subscription product for those celebrities of your business, for the ones that never want to be not seen to be part of it. Yeah. Right. So, so and and the way you, you, the way that I the thing I always ask myself is <clears throat> how can I get the next thing 
for free for fair exchange like how can i not pay to have the best clients how can i not pay for acquisitions and ads and leads and clicks and all that kind of stuff so i kind of build it in a flywheel way where it's self-fulfilling so for instance if you're building a community and you're making celebrities out of community let's just say that they win uh your member of the month right and the way that you win the member of the month is to uh is to engage in the chat follow the values of the business contribution give high high level answers and replies share insights give more value than anyone else you know um those are the people we're going to want to stick around so by encouraging them to do that and then giving them a certificate and saying your member of the month now here is you know 300 400 pounds of credit to the business that you can use towards your membership then essentially you're you're keeping them at no cost but you're keeping the best ones at no cost because the ones mm. that win are the ones that have shared the most value and the they're, they're going to be and they're going to be the ones you want to stay the longest another reason i focus on um on that is because it's much cheaper to keep clients than it is to get new clients right so yeah, there's this, something this is interesting this, this is where we go into churn rate really isn't it yeah right so there's something called churn and, and the, the study of churn is very comprehensive and you can you can study books and articles and you can study for weeks on on churn rate and um there's you many need many if you're, if you're listening to this live because ladies and gentlemen jason's gonna <laughs> gonna run through it all <laughs> <laughs> how much time have we got <laughs> there's many ways to uh calculate churn rate right and um there's no kind of universal way but the way i like to explain it is Imagine if any of you have watched my income bucket analogy, if the income's coming in the top, those are, so let's just say you're filling up a bucket with clients, right? Every month you will have a leak in your bucket. There will be a certain amount of people that drip out of that bucket. It's almost like your lifestyle expenses. Okay. So they're going and you don't know where they're going, but they're gone and they're probably gone forever. So if you're going to drip out, clients each month it means you need a stream constantly coming in the top okay so the key is to you know and the way to work out what percentage that is is there's lots and lots of different ways of doing that if they cancel their billing if their card fails for the final time or um you know their paid through period ends or whatever it might be and there's no universal way of calculating what that is all that matters is you use a consistent method there was a time, I think, not so long ago, where Netflix was being sued by their shareholders uh, for like kind of skewing the churn rate, and Netflix won in court, and it was because there was no there was no kind of universal way of, of calculating it. So, so, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter what way you use, but you just have to understand there is a churn percentage, okay? And normally you want to get that around ten percent, all right, and. All churn rate is yeah, or ten percent a month, or ten percent per month on rolling. Okay, so okay. it's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. But ten percent seems to be the the, the best. Uh, the I, best I, you've got a hundred members, and you expect ten percent to drop off each month. Yeah, that's it. So if you've got a hundred existing subscribers and you get ten unsubscribers, that's a ten percent churn, right? Yep. Now, if you get, it doesn't take into consideration new subscribers. That's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because it only goes on what you've lost. So the percentage is based on what you've lost. So the churn rate, the way that I calculate it, 
is the unsubscribers during a period. We do it monthly, but you can do it weekly. Divided by the subscribers at the start of the period. And it's as simple as that. Okay, that's the most simple calculation. Now, what you're going to get from understanding that and doing the math around that is you're going to have a subscription ceiling because the if you're getting 2x new subscribers, you'll have 2x unsubscribers, okay, the, the percentage. But with every new lead, if you imagine the new leads are linear, because if you've got a thousand clients, you've still got to go and get one more to make it a thousand and one. And then if you've got two thousand, you've still got to go and get one more to make it two thousand and one. So it's, it's a very linear growth curve, whereas churn rate is exponential, because uh, the more people you put in the top of the funnel, uh, naturally the more people are going to pour out. But it will be exponential because they're not because of the way that the math works, right? So there's a subscription ceiling. And the subscription ceiling is calculated by the new subscribers per period, okay, divided by the churn rate per period. So once you know those four things, you can literally forecast uh, based on what price point your product is, how many members you're going to have, how many, you know, based on your churn rate and how many subscribers you get per month, you're going to be able to work out where you're going to cap out. And you'll see it. If you project that into the future, you're going to see a, a cap rate where you just literally won't be able to get any more subscribers. And by understanding that and knowing that in advance, you can start going, right, well, when we get to 300, what I'm not going to do is go and spend a load of money on ads and get a new clients. What I'm going to do is focus on keeping clients. So in because ultimately the, the, you know, at, at that stage, you'd have to get so many more clients in, in order to, to, to increase the cap, right? Absolutely. So the, the, the limiting factor here is your churn rate. There you go. Yeah. So, so the focus should always be, um, is decrease churn rate and then increase subscriber flow. So mm. just to put that into perspective, if you had, um, you know, if you had 30 new subscribers a month and you had a subscription ceiling of 300, okay, you would cap out at, let's just say, 300 members, right? That's your subscription ceiling. If yeah. you reduce your, that's at a churn rate of 10%. If you yeah. then reduce your churn rate by 5%, so you go down to 5% and you stop 50% of the people leaving, your subscription ceiling will go up to 600. So you'll really? double the amount of people that you can serve based on yeah. just, and it's the same with expenses, right? When you, if you just focus on what you're spending and control mm. your lifestyle costs, your surplus income goes up, your disposable income goes up. It's no different, really. Uh, it's the same concept. So what the advantage it gives you in business is I see a lot of people going to spend money on ads to get more clients when they don't even know they've hit their subscription ceiling. Yeah. And if you can see where that's about to happen, you can go, right, instead of, instead of buying more leads, I'm going to keep people longer, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give them a discount or I'm going to go, look, you can literally throw the book at it. It costs nothing. It costs <laughs> nothing to keep people. It costs money to buy people, right? So you can literally throw you, the book at people. You can figure out the cost of acquiring a new customer and the cost of that, of that churn rate, right? I mean, if like, Yeah, customer lifetime value. If you've got a ten percent churn rate, and you you know you need to improve your churn rate by 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 fifty percent, so bring it down to five percent, then yeah. you 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 can essentially afford four percent, let's say, 
of whatever that churn rate is, right? So you can, you can kind of figure out the cost working backwards, right? Definitely. Yeah. Li lifetime customer value will, will give is very important information to know as well, because that will tell you how much you can spend on a new lead on yeah. a new uh, client, which essentially, you know, the more you've got there, the more powerful mm. you are in, in the business, obviously. But my and, key and is always... Sorry, if you're in that position where, you know, you, you know, it's going to cost you a hundred quid to get a new client in, but you know, you know, you've reached your cap. You may as yeah. well spend a hundred pounds on rewarding members, right? If you can reward two members for that, who then stay for a longer time and, you know, or, or, or create, um, what was, what was the, um, what was the, it was something that Daniel Priest actually spoke about where he spoke about, um, not a, not a marketing budget, but a, was it a remarkable, a remarkable budget? budget. Yeah, yeah. Where you, where instead of putting money into advertising, you're putting it into making the service remarkable or, you know, creating magical moments, right? Absolutely. And that's the first key, right? Difference. Make a difference. Provide more value. Uh, my my goal is to never spend money on marketing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my goal is to run businesses for free that yeah. self-promote and self-sell. That's uh, It's kind of from a bit of a sadistic obsession with kind of the whole the whole theory of of getting things for you know automated and working for for no income well, I mean, right? your, your, current, your current business tears of freedom which helps people become you know financially free it's got hundreds of members and it's and you haven't spent um you know you haven't spent on advertising it's it's all no, from we, work. we haven't even got a facebook ad account we don't even have an ad account like we do <laughs> yeah so and all that's happening there is the people, the members are, are, are basically telling everyone else how good it is. And, you know, and, and by transparently displaying the results that those, those members are getting to the people that aren't members, just naturally kind of gets people through the door. But there is a key, because there is a key element to this, though. There is a, you know, there's, there's only so many people, you're going to run out of, of leads if you just open the, the floodgates, right? You're going to run out of, it's going to have kind of, you're not keeping any powder dry and you're going to, the horse is going to bolt on day one. So what we do do, as well as remarkable value and flywheel kind of all that kind of stuff, we make sure that the funnel is oversubscribed all the way down. So this is a principle that I, you know, I've learned with Daniel Priestley one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a philosophy and a principle whereby you only have limited capacity at any one time. So mm. for instance, our Facebook group, whereas most people would go and invite their friends and family and everyone who's anyone into a group, we don't do that. You know, there's none of my friends in there. There's none of my family in there. There's none of, you know, there's no fluff. People who don't need to be there, there. There's people that don't need the product. There's none of them in there. And we've, and we keep a ratio of, so it's a closed group, and we keep a ratio of people on the waiting list to people in the group as well. So currently there's 562 people on the waiting list for the Facebook group, and the Facebook group's free, okay? So technically anyone can get into the Facebook group, but there's a big waiting list. Mm. Then out of the seven or 700 people that are in the Facebook group, we will offer the, offer the um, business to... 20, 30 people maximum, right? And yeah. by doing that, it's just effortless because you've got this, you've got the members getting loads and loads of value and life-changing results, feeding back into the group and saying, I've had this amazing result. 
the people who are coming in the door going, what, where have I just landed? This is amazing. Like all this value in this free group, right? <laughs> I want in, when is it? Oh, well, it's, it's coming up, but there's only 20 spaces yeah. and you don't do it as a kind of sleazy, slimy back of the room sale, but it's a, it's a very intelligent business model that self fulfills mm. and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to market it. Like we don't even have a website that no one can find what the product is. This is the beauty of it. You cannot find an information page or a brochure or a website or anything. It's like a secret so, club. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not secret. We're talking about it right now, but just don't tell yeah. anyone. It exists, but does it? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love that. So, really, so really that's really. it. Yeah. And then, and yeah, I, I love, I love that concept of, you know, the, 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 the members and, and the success of the members having within the community being the kind of, kind of driving force for new people to, to sign up. Right. It's like, it's like, it, it does what it says on the tin. You know, if, if you're, if you're interested, just speak to people who have done it. Every time we have an intake, if you just put in the comments in the, uh, in the Facebook group, you know, existing members, if you've got any advice for anyone thinking about joining, you know, what are your, what would you say? And immediately it's flooded by, you know, uh, if you're thinking of doing it, just do it. I wish I'd done it 20 years ago. You know, it's amazing. Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to do it. Like it just sells itself. And yeah. you can, you can ask things like, you know, what's your perceived value of the program? And, and people will put, you know, way above 10 grand, way above 20 grand. Someone put a hundred grand and then, yeah. you know, as, as the sale drops and they find out it's like under a grand, they're like, yeah. let me in, you know, get me in. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of people, me included when, when, you know, when I was, when I was looking at the pricing of this and then I, then I went through it myself and I saw the value and I, and I was like, well, this doesn't add up. This should be more expensive. And I was, I was like, Jason, why aren't you upping your prices here? Cause you obviously got, you obviously got huge demand for it and people, everyone's yeah. saying it's, it's worth more and you, and you deliberately don't up the prices. And what you said was quite interesting and you, and, it, and you said it wasn't aligned to the value of the, you know, the, the business's values weren't, weren't about that. Can you, no. can you go into a little bit about that? So first of all, I want to get the, the messaging of the teachings out to humanity, like everyone. Everyone on the planet needs to understand the, the principles of that program and they will have a better life. I 100% believe in the program and the teachings. So I know that if you go through that program and take action, you will live a financially abundant and free and inspired life if you follow it. And there's no doubt about it. So that's the first thing. The, the product, I believe in 100%. Secondly, there needs to be a way of people if i want this thing to sell itself and be passive because that's my whole obsession with being mobile and passive mm. i want it to self-sell i don't want to spend any money on it so i need it to sell itself it's very easy for someone to promote a product that's low cost than it is for them to promote a product that's high cost because it's not your reputation on the line, it's the person who's promoting its reputation on the line. If they go and say, this program's so amazing, it changed my life, uh, but it's 10 grand, right? Mm. And that person has to fork out 10 grand to do the program, you know, that might be, well, all of a sudden, if they don't get results or they lose their shirt and that other person's got the guilt of that on their shoulders. So I want, it, I want people to, openly want to promote it so I, so this particular strategy i'm going for volume 
yeah. at a low at a low cost uh, you want, to kind you want of to be accessible for for most people, right? Absolutely, yeah. That that's really it, and it's at a sweet spot that works for the figures. It works for the numbers. You know, mm. I don't think that anyone. I, I don't. I think a thousand pound price point product is great for a mm. for a core product. So um, it works, yeah. And and it's kind of the, the sweet spot. Obviously, as more members and more members join, and the value gets bigger, and the the content gets greater, then it's naturally going to go up in price. Uh, but you know, that's it will still be nowhere near as as what it's worth. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Really, really, really interesting. Um, you know, I, I think uh, anyone, anyone watching this may have may have a, a way of applying that to their own vision with their own business. Um, yeah, really. Amazing. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's worked for us twice now in the last few years. Yeah. So we applied this to tier one and then we did the exact same model, slightly different with Tears of Freedom, but it's, it's still, if you go and check both of those communities, they're both the same, like mm. raving fans you know they organize meetups themselves it's not yeah. uh in fact there's one tonight yeah they, they, they've arranged this big meetup on zoom and they've invited us so that's <laughs> that's kind of how it goes <laughs> that's when you know you've got loyal fans right who just love being a part of it all yeah um so so a lot a lot of people watching this today i mean this what, what we know from our followers and our listeners is that they love practical advice right stuff that they can take and use straight away and i think we've covered a lot of that today um, one of the things that I'd like to ask is if, if you are a new business owner and you understand community, now, now you've listened to this, you understand, okay, there's, there's some tangible power within having a community and growing a community. Where, where do you start? How, how do you start to create a community? What's the best place to go? How, what's the best place to launch it? Um, okay. So to launch a community, the best place, firstly, without any software or products or apps or anything like that, just value and being authentic. So instead of trying to please everyone, go and speak authentically on social media and be yourself and share, you know, don't worry about upsetting people. If you believe something, say it. And, uh, and the people listening that do agree with you will literally be polarized to you mm. like you wouldn't believe. Because it will be like, mm. in their head, if you can see it as every time you talk on social media from their point of view and imagine that what you're saying has happened in their life and you're talking to that person through the camera, um, that is essentially exactly what's happening. Someone is on the other end of that camera looking at you. There's no one else around them. You're just talking to them. They're one audience member, but you are talking to them. And if you mm. can just be authentic and connect in a way that, you don't, you're not trying to please everyone, but you're just going, look, I'm just talking to you and you connect with them on that level. You're going to build literally people that want to come and get closer and closer to you. They will just want to get closer and closer to you. So you're essentially building a culture and it, it, you do that by sharing your message, but also providing value. So, you know, I, I say like with the newsletter, so the newsletter was almost like, um, I just sat down one day and I said, look, I'm just going to give myself 12 months to do a newsletter. I didn't, there was no business idea at that point. There was nothing. It was just, I'm just going to write a newsletter and give myself 12 months to see what, if I build it, who comes, right? Yeah. So I gave free value, lots of free value for 12 months. It might not be easy. There was times when I didn't want to write the newsletter, you know, mm. no, no doubt. And uh, I was, although I was inspired to talk about the content of the newsletter, I didn't always want to write it. 
And naturally, I started getting authors in to feature in it. So they would write parts of it. And then I thought, no, I can't. I've got to write this. I've got to do it. And then yeah. I did it for 12 months. At the end of 12 months, I essentially had developed methodologies, mm. uh, insights. I developed my own kind of systems through the newsletter. Because you're forcing yourself. You're like yourself writing a book, right? I mean, how, how, many, how, many, how many words in the, in the newsletter? Uh, about four or 5,000 a week. So really? It's like, yeah, really? it's like 200,000 words or something wow. like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's like writing a few books, really. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, this, this is what a lot, of, a lot of authors I've spoken to, and I, and I found the same. When I, when I wrote a book and they've read, written, written a book, you know, from that, the IP just started popping out, right? Because you're yeah. putting your thoughts on paper and it's, you know, you, before that, you may not have had a four-step process or a methodology for doing this or a system for doing that. And suddenly, it all just comes to life. So, there was, you know, there was times. Yeah. Yeah, there was times when I'd write a newsletter and I'd think, oh, it's going to take me a couple of hours. I would end up stopping writing it, going down the coffee shop with some pads and pens and <laughs> drawing out a system of what I'd just described so that I could explain it in a better way. Right. And then it's like, now I've got my IP. Now I've got this system. Yeah. Right? And, and it's like, you find yourself kind of self-inspiring. Incredible. <laughs> and then, and guess, what, right. guess what that does? It polarizes people even more because they're mm. believing your system. It's like a thing now. It's not your thoughts or opinions. It's a, literally a thing on paper that they can study and they can research and they can yeah. apply to their life. So, you know, I did that, and then, um, and then naturally, developed your newsletter. Sorry, with with your newsletter, then. I mean, how did you? Some, I'm guessing you, you you started off with some sort of audience, or how did you how did you actually get it off the ground in the first the first instance? Yeah, so I started just um, talking on Instagram. I just started talking on Instagram. I did some YouTube videos, um, just you know, just talking on Instagram stories and sharing posts. And was, was the newsletter? The newsletter came out of something from people saying, "Do you have a blog? Do you have an? Do you know? Do you have anything else?" And I just said, "Yeah, I'll do a newsletter." And then, and I started the <laughs> newsletter, and then and then the podcast came out of the newsletter. So it was like, okay, so always free was the newsletter. That's that's the yeah. name of the the newsletter. And then people were like, "I oh, should do a podcast," and I was like, "Well, if I do a podcast, I'm basically just going to read the newsletter. That's that's yeah, what right. I'm going to do. I'm not I'm not going to then go and create more." And I did that, and then you start connecting with people at an even deeper level because you've got that kind of intimate connection of voice well, with their own it. imagination. I mean, yeah. you don't need to reinvent the wheel with content, right? If you've got an amazing three-minute video, turn that three-minute video into a podcast. Turn that three-minute video into a blog. Do you know what I mean? It's, totally. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be something you you kind of have to start from scratch on every different type of deliverable or media, right? That's the beauty of writing something because when you write mm. something. You can read it, you can video yourself reading it, you can then put it in quotes, captions, put it all over the place, yeah. and you, all of a sudden you're polarizing a large audience rather than yeah. rather than one. You're, you're everywhere. Um, and different but, people connect with, with media in a different way, right? Some people love to read, some people love to listen when they're driving or the, whatever they're training or in the gym, or some people love to watch a video on something, right? Totally. And what I've found, it, I've got a huge insight from podcasts because – it took me about four years to get about fifty. I think we're at about fifty thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube, but the podcast. When we launched the podcast, it very quickly got to ten thousand downloads a week, and yeah. um, the it wasn't just the downloads; it was the feedback that I was getting. It was almost like people were opening their hearts in and, and felt compelled to send me a message. And the the impact that the the podcast had is amazing. And I think it's because when we speak. 
we, we can get into very intimate locations with people where there's no visuals. So all yeah. they can do is relate your voice to their own experiences and their own life. And, and it connects so deep because it's like, they're just imagining themselves whilst listening to you because they've got they're not being dictated by your hand movements or gestures there's no visuals yeah. and you can be on the beach with someone or in bed with someone or in the gym with someone or a walk with someone and it's very intimate so it's very very powerful and really all, all three of those kind of things has allowed me to to build a a strong community that are kind of out there somewhere so the next step is to have somewhere for them to go because yeah. when they show up, you need a place for them to all want to hang out because they're all the same. So uh, an online portal, okay, mm. is what we've done with Tier 1. It's what we've done with uh, with with Tiers of Freedom. The key to an online portal, though, is the community. And yeah. a lot of the portals out there I see are, have got the program and everything and the educational stuff, but they don't have the community chat, the groups, the accountability. So that's something we did very well, and, and that has – really set us aside i think from from others yeah definitely it's 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 connecting with other members going through the same course that just makes all the difference yeah. you've so, seen it right they're always chatting yeah. in there and talking yeah yeah it's it's it's, ama it's amazing you know it, it's it's it, it brings people together which then mm. you which then solidifies the tribe and, and as you know the way the way that you kind of promote your your course is through the members so yeah so it only it only goes on to to kind of grow it further um Brilliant, brilliant advice there. I, I, I absolutely love that. I think um, for anyone, for anyone listening today, then the the kind of the, the practical side of how you would launch your community really stems down to um, looking at the value you can give, looking at the way in which you can get your ideas onto paper, start building a following. If you think you are you are already doing that, are you doing five thousand words a week? If you're doing five thousand words a week, you're probably in a position where you're starting to look at your content, the content you're creating. And more IP is going to jump out for you. Processes, systems, different ways you can serve people are going to jump out. So once you've done that, I think for, for a few weeks or a few months, you're then probably in a really good position to start to create your community. Maybe have a group or something. Facebook's brilliant for that to bring people towards, right? Yeah. And and then focus on just serving. Like Have, have some way of billing the people, right? Because uh, there was a question in the group there. Do, do you think it's right to occasionally sell uh, to your online community or should it be focused on offering advice and value advice and value first but when if you've got all these people climbing over the walls to get to you and you don't have a method of billing them when they show up you've got an inefficient you know you're not going to be inspired for very long mm. the way that you live an inspired life is being able to do what you love and being able to pay for your lifestyle from doing that so yeah. we need to charge that we need to charge for what we're doing that is the fair exchange and uh, mm. people will happily pay yeah if you're if you're if you're providing awesome value then you know people will feel actually guilty for for taking it off you without paying you because they feel yeah, like right. the lack of fair exchange believe it or not yeah. right <laughs> yeah and everyone's kind of got a bit of a guilt over selling and and if you've got that you know if you've got that fear it's it's usually down to a couple of things it's either that you don't you don't feel that um you you don't believe in your product okay mm. so you don't actually think that it's it's valuable in which case Go and see what else you can stack onto it. It's, yeah. it's easy to stack stuff on, right? We was talking the yeah. other day about you know how easy it is to kind of go, oh, I could do this a month, that a month. I could get mm -hmm. so-and-so in. I could create this tool, that tool. I could give that yeah. in. And all of a sudden, you stack it up, and it is. It's, it's worth much more. Everyone's got you know a value. You know, everyone's got a 1,000 pounds of value in them. 
geez, you know, if you if you think you haven't, you know, you're you're wrong. You know, it's there. If you if you dig deep, you've got a thousand pounds of value in you, and people will happily pay that. And then the more people you can reach, and the higher income that you serve, and you know, you, you apply those principles. It's, it, there's only one way you can go, and that's up. Yeah, absolutely. And one of, one of one of the things that I know a lot of people are are kind of questioning then is if people can get this kind of information that I'm giving for free on the internet somewhere else, why would they, why would they come to me and how can I, how can I then charge for that? Um, because they don't believe anyone else can solve the problem, but they believe you can solve the problem if you've given enough value. Okay. So mm. they, they believe that you're the person that's got, what they, if you do it yeah. right, they know you're the person who's got, you're the only person that can help them. And, and, and ultimately, that, that comes down to familiarity, right? The, the, familiarity, the, you know, like, no like and trust. That comes from polarizing, not trying to please everyone. So the biggest mistake I see is people kind of go like on social media and they're doing a Facebook Live and they're kind of trying to be a bit all kind of, hello, like all nice, nice to everyone and not upsetting mm. everyone because they don't want to say this or don't want to say that. If you want to build a really strong audience who just want to buy your stuff, you need to talk like you're talking to someone who already gets you yeah. right so like they've had the same experience they believe the same thing they've got suspicions that you can uh, demolish and that's, that's a know, good point isn't it talk, yeah. talk to someone like what was it again talk to someone as if like they like like they already understand you yeah and they're already on the same wavelength right yeah just talk, talk. In, that, in that crowd of a thousand people 10 people would jump out and be like yes yeah. So like, we're, so we're talking now, we're talking yeah. now and what I'm saying you're agreeing with and what I'm saying you're agreeing with is because we're on the same wavelength in business. If I was to talk about business with this, I'd be talking to people imagining they're you. Mm. I would be, I would be talking to Seb. I'd, I'd be going yeah. right business, right? People do this and that and it's wrong and they should do this and that and that. And I, I would be talking as if you're nodding at me going, yeah, yeah, mm. I know, I know. Mm. Because you, you want to connect with people that believe that. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant, that, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. What a brilliant light bulb moment that is, right? I mean, I mean, it's so much is said. So there's so much to be said about the way in which you talk to the camera, right? If you're doing a face-to-camera, yeah. doing a live, and, and you're really talking as if the other person is someone who you, you've known for years, who really believes in what you're doing, the, when, when people view that, it's going to feel like a totally different experience than if you're, if you're trying to be overly nice and trying not to upset people. And, you, and, you, and essentially, you're not being as authentic as you could be, no. right? You're not, you, you're not giving your true message. That's right. And you've, not, you've got to not think about hundreds of people watching. You've got to think about one person and how yeah. that one person is, is receiving your message. And if you can just go like, I know what this person wants. Yeah. I know what they need, but they don't know what they need. They know what they want, but they don't know what they need. So I'm going to capture them by mm. showing them what they want. So they're going to agree with me and then I'm going to take them on a few little insights onto what they might be missing. So you yeah. kind of capture them where they're at and then talk about what they need. I see a lot of people telling everyone what they need all the time and it's just yeah. like the barriers go up. It's like, I don't, you don't get me. You can't tell mm. me to be positive all the time. You know, you don't understand that. You don't understand me. Yeah, like, you can't just say, be positive, be positive, be motivated. Well, you don't know what's going on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it does it doesn't really connect as well. No, completely. So, so assuming you're in this position where you've got no problem being, you know, 
straight to the point, telling it how it is to your to your camera when you're when you're doing your lives, your videos, and you know you're being you're being your true authentic self. And one out of ten people absolutely love it. Maybe you're being very opinionated, but at least at least you're you're giving your 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 kind of raw, honest truth out there, right? You're going to collect more haters and more trolls than if you if you were trying to be the nice guy, right? How yeah. how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with with trolls, haters, people who just write horrible stuff on your videos because you've been honest? <laughs> yeah, right. So I expect you know no more than fifty percent of the people to agree with what I'm saying, but I also appreciate that you know you can't the only way that you can be hurt the thing with opinions is people can only decide to be offended right you can't you can't put offense onto someone like when people say i'm sorry i offended you that's impossible you can't offend someone it doesn't it, it's up to you to be offended you know what i mean so if someone says yeah, like oh you, you fat git you know, if I put on a weight and someone calls me a fat kid, yeah, I might be a bit hurt about that and I might be offended. If I was skinny as a rake and five stones soaking wet and they said you fat git, I'd be like, yeah, yeah whatever. For any, of our, for any of our viewers who aren't British, um, Jason, could you could you explain what a git is? <laughs> it's a bit like a bloke. Yeah, just a, just a yeah. Fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a decision, right? If you are, if you're taking offense, you've decided to take offense. And, and it's and normally you, because of something that you're unhappy with about yourself. Right. And, right? and this, I mean, you've, you've been a, a great contributor to the Not A Victim program where we're, where we're, you know, supporting, helping parents mentor their children through bullying. And, um, and, a, and a big part of that kind of message and philosophy is, is exactly that, right? The only reason your child or you are taking offense on something is because there is there is a there is a gap or there's something missing, um, which you perceive to be um, to be a weakness, right? Yeah, totally. And uh, just understanding that, you know, it kind of stops you from worrying about offending people for a start. But but also, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to go out there and be an out damn right kind of arrogant, yes. rude, yeah, <laughs> asshole. But uh, but. You have to, if you expect that, then it puts you in a bit more of a level-headed place to go and talk on camera. Second of all, is you have to understand that if 50% of the people are going to disagree with you, as you grow your reach, the number of people that hate you are going to get bigger, mm. right? So if mm. like 50% of 100 is 50 people, but 50% of 1,000 people is 500. So now all yeah. of a sudden you've got 500 people that don't like you. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to get, if you're going to get worried and, and fearful about a big amount of people not agreeing with you and not liking you, well then mm. you're going to dim your light and that's not what you want to mm. do. You want to keep yeah. focusing on the people that do agree with you. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that mentally? Like what, I mean, you're, you're human at the end of the day. If someone writes something which is, you know, super hardcore negative about you, how, how do you kind of process that? Do you, does it just bounce off you or what? <laughs> I think, um, so I've worked, I've worked quite hard over the years to, to kind of keep a balanced mind. And I do that by trying to see good and bad in everything. So when I deliver a piece of content, I, I expect people to see the opposing side because there's an opposing side of everything so you know you could say i like you know i like bananas and someone hates bananas right through to gays marriages 
not gay marriages. You can say um, abortions, no abortions. You can say there's there's literally an opposing opinion to everything, which means mm. that there is no right or wrong. There's no good or bad because let's just think about if 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 I was to do this message and people might think, oh, you're a bit weird, right? <laughs> well, where on the weird scale am I? Okay, and there's always a, a more, comment, guys, on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> but on that scale, there's always more weird and less weird, isn't there? Mm. So there's someone's going to think you're not weird, and someone's going to think yeah. you are weird. And then and one, if you get weirder, weird, one person's weird is another person's normal, right? Exactly, right. So, <laughs> and and so, and the same with everything, right? So if you think of hot and cold, at what point is something hot and what point is something cold? Because there's always a temperature above it and below it. So like, there's always at what point is it warm or hot or cold? Mm. Same with the amount that you hate something. So if you love someone and many people listening have probably loved someone and then it quickly turned to hate, right? There's, there's been times where you just go, oh, hate that person. You know, I really mm. hate that person now. I used to, I used to love them. Now I hate them. But there's also the point in between where you actually like them, right? Like, you know, where do you like them? And then how much do you like them? And where do you love them? And where do you hate them? So there's no, there's no extremes. Everything is half of something. Everything is kind of, and a, a one-sided view. Everything's a half truth. So if you can expect that, and you just ex when you're delivering a piece of content, you expect all the people to to think the exact opposite of what you're saying, then and you accept that because that's just universal laws. It's just na you know it's just nature. Then then you don't get upset by it. And the and the quicker you can see the the balance in that, and the quicker you can just go, yep, that's you know that's because their opinion's that, mine's this. It, it dissolves. You don't let it, you don't let it bother you. Yeah, absolutely true. Amazing. I love that. I love that, um, that way of looking at, looking at negativity, looking at, and, and kind of with a very poised position, right? And it's, it stops you from making rash decisions. It keeps you kind of level headed. And, and ultimately, you know, if you are trying to grow your audience and get your message out there, you've got to stay level headed and, and, mm. and not affected by, by the bad press, right? Yeah, if you've, you've got, got to you've got Right. If you've got a hundred people, um, you know, disagreeing with you and, and being, being, you know, pretty negative about you, then you're obviously making a pretty big impact out there. And yeah, so I mean, I've got a lot of fake accounts. I know. The, the, in fact, the last interview guys wasn't even Jason Greystone. <laughs> you know, I'm really sorry about that. This is the problem. There's about, there's about five people impersonating him and it became a real problem. He did a, he did a really good impression though, to be fair. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Right, guys, I hope everyone got an amazing amount of value from that. Um, we covered a lot. Um, we focused a lot of, of, um, of the attention on this onto income, generating it, scaling it, keeping it, developing a system. Jason shared his system for um, you know, creating income over time, um, the importance of community, developing a loyal tribe, and um, bringing marketing costs down to zero um, by inspiring your, your team and, and making your, um, making your community, you know, and the founding members famous and feeling like rock stars. Um, we talked about churn rates and we got into a lot of the technical stuff. And then we talked about when you guys are out there being awesome, sharing your truthful, authentic message, you may get trolls and exactly how to deal with that. Look at that. That could be a Amazing. book on the phone, couldn't it? <laughs> Mate, thank you so much um, for coming on. I know we spoke a lot about the, the, um, the, uh, newsletter today. If anyone wants to, to, to read your newsletter, um, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Um, you can just go to www.jasongraystone.com and it will pop up. Awesome stuff. Right, guys, you know where to go. Jason, thank you so much, mate. Take care. No worries. Pleasure. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community. 